The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC Conroe and worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, we are two Texas licensed attorneys and we're here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. talking about legal issues, things that we think that you... uh, they're important to you. Questions you may have, things like that. We've been, you know, for the last couple of shows, Tony, we've been talking about this COVID-19 and contact tracing and all of that. Um, Today, we are going to be discussing defamation. And Tony and I thought that was a good topic because we were talking about... People are mean. People are mean. (laughs) And, you know, people have been defamed in some way or another. Almost everybody has been defamed. Now, whether it's actionable or not, meaning whether you can sue them or not, is a different story. Six and stones may break my bones, but sometimes it really is harmful. And the part about defamation that's really bad is it's, it's generally intentional. Right. And it's to hurt somebody. Right. I'm going to, I mean, we already know the Bible. You don't talk about people. You don't gossip. You don't say things like that. Just keep it to yourself. But um, when somebody's actually saying something that's false about you to hurt you, um, gosh, I was just reading something last night where uh, I can't even remember what it was right now, but it had this, it was the same thing. It was where somebody was making something up in order to harm somebody. Gosh, it, slips my it was mind just right a blatant lie that they were making up. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I know what it was. It was. <laughs> it's so dumb. It was in the scriptures. I've been going to mass every single day, and you're going to know this. It was uh, when Naboth would not sell his small vineyard to um, King Ahab, Ahab. Mm-hmm. and so he was really mad about it. It was right next to my property. I want it. Sort of like you know. I won't mention any large developers we've been in a lawsuit with. Right. But um, we want this little piece of property, and you won't sell it. And so Jezebel, mm-hmm. we know, you know nobody should ever name their kids Jezebel for this reason because she was so bad. Or even your dogs. Yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it was in the land of Jezreel or something. But anyway, mm-hmm. so she tells the. Um, so her husband complains to her, and she's like, "Don't worry, I got this covered, no problem." Right. So she says, "Okay, guys." She gets with all the elders in the church. She goes, "We're going to build up Naboth, and then we're going to talk. We're going to say that he said that he was above God, and we're going to say he said some bad things about God and how he was better than him, and and then and then we're going to find." Um, we're going to take him to court, basically, and and we're then you can stone him to death, and that's exactly what happened. Mm. Uh, she set him up. 
uh, they said bad things about him. They were lies about mm-hmm. how he didn't mm-hmm. honor God when really he was just not selling his property because it was his ancestral property. Right. And then um, he was stoned to death. And then she's like, guess what, honey? The I got your property. Yeah. Well, today's reading uh, was, uh, it kind of showed what happened. Uh, today's reading, and the, you know, they have the, in Catholic masses, they have the Old Testament reading, and then they have the companion New Testament reading. And in that one, um, Jesus said, you know, turn the other cheek. If they want it, just give it to them. And I was like, this is confusing. You're saying in one scripture that you you need to honor your ancestral land, and then the next scripture, it's like, turn the other cheek and don't fight. Just give but he was want. talking about if someone slaps you or something like that. He wasn't saying give them your real property. Yeah, but that was kind of confusing. But today, they, it came around and made more sense. In Kings, it was another reading from Kings, it said that uh, God told Elisha that, hey, do you know what um, what King Ahab did? This is a problem. He's a liar. And mm-hmm. so I want you to go tell him that he's going to be damned for eternity. <laughs> so Elijah went over there and told him, hey, you've got a problem. Um, God's going to now uh, fire and brimstone. He's going to kill you and all your family, and there won't be another heirs. You're going to live you know, like like hell for the rest of your life and eternity. So Ahab came around and put on the sackcloth, and yeah, he's like, he was sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't, my wife did it, it wasn't me, I didn't mean to take his vineyard, I mean, uh, and so he said, okay, no problem. I didn't mean to take his vineyard. <laughs> it was an accident. Yeah. It was an accident, he got stoned to death. Um, but he said, um, okay, I'm going to, because you've shown mercy, yeah. and you've shown so much humility, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you live, but for the, your sons are going to pay for the rest of eternity. So uh, the bottom line was, she told a lie, she defamed him in order to get him stoned to death. That's sort of like what we're talking about today. People Great defame story. people mm-hmm. so that they can hurt them, either yeah. by their business or their reputation. And I'm going to read a couple of little passages that were in a uh, United States Supreme Court uh, petition that I just filed. Mm-hmm. And um, and it sort of, because I was just working on this, it goes toward what you're going to tell us about the law today. Mm-hmm. And um, one is, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. And that's Proverbs 22.1. So your good name your good name is more important than riches, silver, and gold. Mm-hmm. Your reputation is more important than anything that's material. Mm-hmm. It says in a Proverbs, and of course the Bible's got truth. And you know, Tony, isn't that true even practicing law that our reputations with other attorneys, yes. if other attorneys know us as people who, yes. who misrepresent facts, who misrepresent the law, yes. our reputation is lost even like because, that. Even because it's so important that you're telling the truth to the court. Right. And, and when someone is smearing what you're saying, it's not only insulting, but it's harmful to you. Mm-hmm. And we already know that the reason that I even had the Supreme Court case was because, you know, that we've talked about it. We had a, uh, since my own case, I can, I can disclose everything. Sure. Um, we had a tenant that was mad because he didn't pay his rent. Mm-hmm. And um, so we sued him for non-payment of rent, and we won um, about $300,000 judgment. And he didn't want to pay it, so he declared bankruptcy. And he wasn't bankrupt. And so we knew where the property was that he had. So he wrote, um, so we sued him for fraud in bankruptcy court, which you can do. All is not lost if somebody has a judgment and then they file bankruptcy not to pay you. So we we sued him for fraud in bankruptcy court so that judgment wouldn't go away because that was wrong. He had the money. And um, you should pay your debts. I mean, that's in the Bible. That's the truth. It's not, It's just money. It wasn't, there was no hard feelings. We just wanted our money. And so um, he wrote the bankruptcy trustee that I was a drug addict and a coke cocaine addict. Oh, yeah. And that, I remember uh, that. Yeah, and I'm not ever, I don't even know what it looks what like. You know, joke. Being a criminal defense attorney, I should know, but, and I know what it looks like, but I've never touched it. I've never been really even close to it, so I don't know. And, and that doesn't matter. that He lied, and that was, and we're going to go over this today in, in our show, 
that was a perfect per se a defamation. I don't have to prove any injury because he tried to hurt my uh, my professional reputation by going to a colleague that did not know me, a, a, a trustee, mm-hmm. and basically a judge for the, for this particular bankruptcy, to tell them that I was a drug addict to lower my reputation so he would not believe me if I told him what what this guy owned. The truth of the matter is, it didn't matter whether I said it or not. I mean, he owned it, and this bankruptcy trustee was going to find out that he had this property. But he defamed me for the purpose of enriching himself and to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was why I'd written this brief. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we're going to get into this a little bit more later, but more importantly about the law itself. Um, God says that your reputation is very important, and it is. Mm-hmm. It's more important than silver and gold and riches mm-hmm. to keep your reputation. And not only God says that, but our first president, George Washington, said a reputation once broken may possibly be repaired, but the world will always keep their eyes on the spot where the crack was. Mm-hmm. So once somebody's tainted you, mm-hmm. they're always going to be thinking twice. Maybe it was true. Maybe mm-hmm. it was true. Mm-hmm. And George Washington knew, and he had all these great, you know, Benjamin Franklin had all these great things that they say. So even he was saying, your reputation is more important than anything, our first president. Mm-hmm. Then... We have another really important person in the, in, I guess, Mad Money, and we do a lot of stocks and stuff. Uh, Warren Buffett mm-hmm. said, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Five minutes. Mm-hmm. Somebody can just say something bad about you, and now they've tainted your good reputation. Even if it's wrong, trying to get your re- reputation back, exactly. and that's why we have defamation suits, right. because you need to defend your honor. And then finally, being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the the filth of the world, and are the offspring of all things unto this day. Um, and basically, that's in in First Corinthians. Uh, St. Paul is saying that being defamed is people saying bad things about you, and then they make you the filth of the world, and you have to defend yourself. How do you defend yourself? You can't just let it go. Right. But that's what we're going to talk about today on should you let it go? Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with it when someone defames you and you know it's a lie? Do you need to just let bygones be bygones and say, I'm not going to worry about it, or what? So let's talk about that. Okay, so generally defamation is defined as the invasion of a person's interest in her or his reputation and good name. Modern defamation law is a mixture of common law rules. The First Amendment, which protects free speech and freedom of the press, requires the states to provide certain minimum protections when defamatory speech involves a matter of public concern. So if it's a matter of public concern, that's kind of an exception, as you and I both Which is really bad because the politicians and their lobbyists and people that are running for office are the ones that are setting this law that makes it, it's called the anti-slap law, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of defamation is your right to sue somebody when they defame you. Say when we're going to get into what all that takes to make a, a suit. And then Texas has passed something called the Citizens Participation Act, which is, uh, and it's also, uh, there's a, it stands for something, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's called an anti-slap suit. Basically, if someone defames you because of the way the politicians have put the law together now since 2011 in Texas, um, if it's a matter of public concern, and that's very broad, they can get away with defaming you. But it was really sad because politicians were mudslinging during politics, mm-hmm. and they didn't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. So they're like, wait a minute, you can't sue me for defamation because that's my opinion. And so they made it so that it was it, they, if you filed a suit against a politician, but it could be anything that's a matter of public concern, doctors, lawyers, whatever, um, if... Uh, if they, if it was a matter of public concern, the courts will dismiss the case and make you, the person that's injured, pay the attorney's fees of the party that you sued for defaming you. 
So, All because the politicians didn't want to get hurt when they mudslung. Yeah. So a matter of public concern, I mean, that's an exception. And it's things like you mentioned, doctors, lawyers. Uh, I think that, you know, this lawyer uh, didn't handle my case properly so I can say whatever I want to about him because it's a matter of public concern. It may be your opinion, and maybe you can, and maybe it is a matter of public concern. Um, but it's even gone uh, further than that. And to the extent that, that I've even got this letter here today, um, we have a letter that was written by an attorney saying he had a client, this client did not exist, saying my client feels like there have been an inappropriate contact, uh, conduct with this doctor. No client existed. He just wrote a letter to another surgeon and public, uh, publicized it to the community of doctors and physicians to get this particular doctor in trouble because they were angry in this lawsuit that, that this particular doctor was winning. So this large developer, and I don't mind saying that it was Dior Horton, um, had a had their attorney write a letter saying, my client, it wasn't even Dior Horton, this attorney represented Dior Horton, and he said, oh, I've got a different client, and this client feels like you're a bad person. And they got away with it. They got away with saying, writing defam- a pure, unadulterated, a pure de- defamation to get someone in trouble and got away with it because of the anti-slap suit. So we're going to go over... When you can file and when you're injured and, you know, and, and when things are bad and how the courts sort of align themselves with it because of this law. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so there are elements. You know, any cause of action has elements, right? So the elements of defamation are, number one, the defendant published a statement of fact. So statement of fact, not opinion. Right. Statement of fact, like what does that look like um, on this date? A statement of fact. Well, what do you just an example? This is a, a letter from, um, let me see, who is it from? It was from Carl Dawson, who's an attorney. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we're just going to use this as an example. Okay. Did he make a statement of fact? A so statement of fact. He wrote a letter to a, a surgeon and he has asserted that he has a patient who was recently a subject of inappropriate conduct by an anesthesiologist. Okay. So is that a statement of fact? It could be if he represented a patient who was recently subject to inappropriate conduct. So what's the next prong? The next prong is the statement referred to the plaintiff. Okay, and in this particular case, it specifically referred to a plaintiff, a doctor that he was trying to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, number The third element is the statement was defamatory. Okay, and if you're saying that a doctor is um, is uh, has recently subjected a patient to inappropriate conduct, that's, that's pretty defamatory. bad. Yeah. That's very bad. Mm-hmm. And what's the last prong? Uh, well, there are two more, or three more actually. Uh, the fourth one is the statement was false. Okay. And in this case, the statement was completely false. He didn't even have a client. This attorney did not have a client. There was never any evidence before the court that there was a client. And there was never any inappropriate conduct that was ever put before the, uh, the court. It was just something that he, he made up. Okay. Okay, the fifth element is, with regard to the truth of the statement, the defendant was one of these three things, mm-hmm. acting with actual malice, mm-hmm. negligent, mm-hmm. or liable without regard to fault. That's okay. strict liability. Now, now say that one more time. Um, so, with regard to the truth of the statement, mm-hmm. here we've already established the tra- statement was false, but okay. let's say if it was true. Okay. Um, was the defendant acting with actual malice, mm-hmm. negligent, or liable without regard to false. Okay, so liability. that would be if it was a false statement, did he say it maliciously or did he say it 
because it was negligent because he thought it was true. He heard it from somebody like right. gossip in your neighborhood. Right. Or was he doing it with, what was the third one? A libel without regard to fault. He didn't care if it was true or false. He was going to say it anyway because he knew it would hurt him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are the three things. Those are the three uh, uh, standards that they, you have to you have to prove if you don't have per se uh, defamation, something that would injure your reputation. So go on. So we'll keep using this example and our and then listeners the, can And then the it. last one is... Plaintiff suffered pecuniary injury unless injury is presumed. So there are mm-hmm. fact patterns where the injury is just presumed in in that. But and we're going to go over those. But that means that, uh, for an example here, uh, let's say that this particular doctor was fired yeah. and couldn't get another job because of this false statement. Right. Then he's got a provable injury. You have to get an actuary for that kind of thing. It's an, an accountant that can go back and figure out what your worth was based on your education and what you could have made and what you're, and then they can figure it all out. But you have to get an actual, an expert to go forward. Otherwise, you may not even have a case mm-hmm. if you can't prove your injury. And and uh, monetary damages are really difficult to prove. Right. Okay. Even if you and lost your job. that's pecuniary. Pecuniary yes. means monetary, means right. money. Okay. So, um, but you don't have to prove pecuniary damage if it's a per se uh, statement. So keep on going. What what are, what is the next prongs in the law? That that's it. Those are the those are the prongs. And okay, then we go to per about, se. Then what is a what is a per se injury? Do you have that in front of you? If not, I can kind of give you a ballpark of what that would cover. Well, I've got here that the legal issues for the court to decide. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 hairy. Legal issues for the court to decide. Legal issues for the jury to decide. Um, um if you have a uh, a a per se injury where you don't have to. Uh, prove damages. They're the type of injuries where um, there's like four of them, and one is you've said somebody's a drug addict, or you've you've uh, it, it has you, you've said you've done something to taint them so badly that you don't have to even prove damages. It's per se damage. So you've said that like a priest, for an example, um, is um, sexually assaulting children. You know that's not true. There's no proof of it. You're saying that because maybe you're an atheist and you're mad at the priest, right? Uh, that would be per se, something that hurts the reputation with that regard. Um, I'm trying to think of another one that uh, that comes up. Is it is it um, you know, they're being accused of some incurable sexually transmitted disease? Yes. yes. It's all of those and things. And I'm looking at the defamation law. Let me see what the uh, actual <clears throat> per se is on that. Um, uh, here's per, uh, per quad. Uh, I think it's just about, okay, here's per se. Depending on the form in which the statement of our communication is delivered, defamation per se may also be referred to as libel per se or slander per se. Now, libel and slander are different mm-hmm. because libel is to the eye. It's what you read. It's something that's posted online. It's something that's in the paper. It's something that's written to somebody. Whereas slander is something that you hear. It's a little bit harder to prove unless you've got a recording. But those are the two different types of defamation. Texas defines defamation per se, as words that are so obviously harmful Mm -hmm. to the person aggrieved that no proof of their injurious effect is necessary to make it actionable. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to prove the actual monetary damage. And that's in uh, this case that they cite is Alanis v. Hoyt. Um, It's a Corpus Christi case in 2003, and that's been um, upheld by the Texas Supreme Court. Um, There are four types. Statements imputing the plaintiff committed a crime. So if if I say something bad about you, if I say... um, uh, Cheryl uh, robbed a bank, but she's still an attorney. I can't believe she's still an attorney, but she's a bank robber. Uh, and that's not true, and I can't prove it. it. Let's say it is true, but I can't prove it. It's not actionable. That's going to be per se because it, it injures your reputation, and you could be disbarred by being a felon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is the 
plaintiff uh, possesses a loathsome disease. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know what that would be these days. I can't even think of something that you might have. But usually it's what happens with venereal diseases. And you see it when uh, people make the mistake of getting in a hairy divorce. And then they're, they get deposed and they ask them about it. And they don't talk about it, but they accuse them and they can't defend it. So like can't Michael lie. Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Right, right. You've got, uh, he gave me a venereal disease. And then that transcript ends up in the public record because yeah. anybody can look it up. Mm-hmm. That's, the kind of, that's the reason why you don't want to get a lawsuit with your, your angry, almost ex-spouse. Because they're going to be disclosing things that can't be defended very easily. And it's going to end up in the press. But with Catherine Zeta-Jones um, and Michael Douglas, they were public figures. And so anything they say is going to come out against them. Uh, it's just juicy gossip, and tabloids make a lot of money. The another one is um, if you have uh, plaintiffs, if you injure the plaintiff's office, business, or profession. Occupation. In, occupation. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to hurt them, like a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or an accountant, and you've you've said they're a terrible accountant, they don't know what they're doing. That doctor has killed several people. He has no idea how to do heart surgery. That's per se. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't have to prove damages. So in the, the, the example we were giving with Carl Dawson's letter, he was trying to injure him per se mm-hmm. because he put in a public record he he wrote something which was libel because it's to the eye he actually sent a certified letter that so that's all it takes is to one person for defamation right mm-hmm. and he was trying to enter profession uh, a, a business profession mm-hmm. um and then the last one is statements imputing the plaintiff was engaged in sexual misconduct and all of these are in downing v barnes 348 southwest 3rd 415 in uh, the 14th Court of Appeals. But these are are um, well-known per se types of injuries where you don't have to prove a damage. So you don't need to hire an actuary or a CPA. If they say something that hurts any of these, you've got defamation. It's just so obvious on its face. This is interesting. It says under the sexual misconduct, a statement that imputes sexual misconduct is considered liable per se. And in Marshall v. Mahaffey, a financial manager who called a pro golfer's wife a slut was liable for slander per se. Uh, what year was that? Uh, let's see. That was 1998, and it was in Beaumont. Okay. We've got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. In 2011, mm-hmm. they passed the Citizens Participation uh, Act, mm-hmm. which which Texas Citizens Participation Act. Mm-hmm. It's the anti-slap law mm-hmm. uh, that is what I was talking about, which makes it, if it's a matter of public concern, then then the person that has defamed you now has got this broad uh, 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 sheet to hide uh, behind uh, a cloak, affirmative mm-hmm. defense, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't matter if it's defamation or not. And and if you sue them because they say, oh, it's a frivolous lawsuit, you weren't hurt by it, whatever. It's a public concern that we know things about that, even if it's not true. Even if it's not true, if it's a public concern, you don't have a chance to even defend yourself. The anti-slap suit says that if you bring this case, the other side that was the bad guy that was making the bad statements can get the attorney's fees from you, and if they hire an expensive attorney, you're, you're stuck trouble. with it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to appeal it and all that stuff. They've changed the laws a little bit through, throughout the year since 2011. They've modified it and narrowed it a little bit, but not significantly. But we're going to get into that. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, and then also imputes a crime. A statement that falsely charges a person right. with the commission of a crime is considered libel per se. And I just think it's interesting because it's on its face. You know, you said this already. It's considered per se, libel per se, if it was so obviously hurtful to the plaintiff that no proof of the statement's injurious character is required to make it actionable. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that, and that's not hard to do because most of the time... 
Uh, we had done a, uh, most of the time that's the reason that people are defaming somebody. It's usually not just, um, to, uh, they're usually, uh, gossip's one thing. And if you say, I hate to say this, but if you say, in my opinion, you've now taken it right out of the defamation uh, category. And we're going to get over those affirmative defenses because they're very, very important. Mm -hmm. The way somebody defames you is almost as important as the defamation itself. Because if they say it's just an opinion, then then now it's just that person's opinion. And, and we're, uh, you're going to read over what all those affirmative defenses. And affirmative defense is when... It, it, someone says, yeah, I did it, I agree, guilty as charged, but I had a legal excuse. And a, a good example of an affirmative defense is self-defense in, in murder. Yes, I killed them. Mur you know, killing a third party is, is murder, so to speak. And it's not even so to speak, it is. But you have an affirmative defense in criminal law if it was by self-defense, okay? Right. So the same thing applies to uh, defamation. Um, if somebody... Uh, says something that's completely defamatory in every way, but they say it under the guidelines or, or under the, the the law that they've uh, uh, that it's come down the pike, I guess. And I, I'm, I'm not really saying this in a very eloquent way. Um, that if they said something that was completely wrong, but they said it with an affirmative defense, then it's forgiven, and they don't have you don't have an actual case. And I'm going to give you the example of my own case, the one I went to the Supreme Court with. The example of the um, the, of our tenant who we got the $300,000 judgment against for not paying their rent. Right. Um, they, uh, and then they filed a bankruptcy and then, you know, filed, uh, uh, made defamatory statements against me. And I had no dog in the fight other than, you know, it was my, my husband's building that he didn't pay rent to for a number of years. Um, he wrote this defamatory statement to a bankruptcy trustee, someone I'd never met someone that questioned my integrity at that point, someone that I could be hurt by he's a federal employee in the same position as the judge would be. Well, we took this all the way to the United States Supreme Court. Um, when we uh, went to the 410th District Court here in Montgomery County, uh, Judge Robbins said, no, you don't have a case because it was in a judicial setting. And you can say whatever you want in a judicial setting. And my response was, no, I was not a party to the case. It was not my money. The judgment was not against me. Um, you can't go around slandering the wives of uh, the people that you're angry with. That'd be like somebody slandering you because they're mad at your husband. Mm -hmm. You can't be telling a judge in my profession that, that I'm a bad person, I'm a drug addict. They've never met me. That hurts my profession. Right. And, and so, um, so she ruled on summary judgment, which, I, you know, my position on that is the, the Constitution does not say that a judge, one person, can tell you that you don't get your day in court right. uh, because we don't think the law's on your side. So, And summary judgment just basically says there's no facts that support this will ever win in, uh, with a jury. This is a matter of law, not defamation. You lose because you, uh, you, this guy defamed you to a trustee even though you had nothing to do with the case. So, um, so I took it to the appellate court. And they just summarily said, nah, we don't think so. We, we think this is a judicial setting. And he can say whatever he wants about you, that, uh, uh, that you're a bad person, and to whoever he wants as long as there was a case going on. Well, that's not what the law is. The law says it has to be relevant, relevant to the case. Uh, she was, and it was a total lie, too. Yeah, it was a total lie, and it had to be related to the case. Um, right. So you're a drug addict, and the you know the reason that I didn't pay my bills was because you're a drug addict. That's what he tried to say. He said, um, um, you, because you, the wife of uh, my, my landlord, are a drug addict, 
well, I didn't have to pay my rent. And so, you know, you're a bad person. And that doesn't make any sense. Well, he could have, I could have been a drug addict and it didn't have, that was not an excuse for him not paying his rent. Right. Uh, you know. It, it, Even they, though you're not. Right, right. It, it was, um, you know, their names were, uh, gosh, Michelle, Michelle and Bill Zollner. They, 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 they were, they were tenants. I don't know where they're at now. But, but basically, Michelle didn't say it. Her husband, Bill Zollner, said it and, and did it intentionally to hurt me. But on the other hand, I knew it was such a lie, and people that know me know I'm not a drug addict. I'm mm-hmm. as far from that from anything possible. I've never touched that. Right. So I was kind of like, well, you know, he's lying about it. But on the other hand, is this really actionable? Is it something I want to do, which we're going to go into? What is it? What is defamation, and how do you deal with it? Um, was there actual harm? To the extent that this there was harm that this trustee uh, now thought I was a bad person, the trustee called me, and he said, have you ever seen this letter? He brought it to my attention. Really? And once he met me, he knew that I wasn't a drug addict. Right. And I was given the opportunity to redeem myself to him. Mm-hmm. And But I thought, you know what? He, what? Who else has he told this to? Yeah. So I went ahead and I sued just to see you know, what how the law was in Texas. And apparently, in Texas, the Texas Supreme Court said, nope, we're not going to do it. That we, They didn't disagree. The Texas Supreme Court just said we're going to... Uh, we're going to deny your petition for review. We don't have to deal with it. We have a bigger fish to fry than your tenant being mad at you and saying you're a drug addict, right? And so I took it to the United States Supreme Court. The United States Supreme Court just um, last week denied cert. That means that they didn't want to take the case either. So what where it stands right now is like five circuits in the United States all say, oh, no, you cannot defame somebody against their profession I would have won in, say, California, or I would have won in Alabama. I would have won at a different circuit. But in Texas, because we're the Fifth Circuit, the Fifth Circuit says, you know what? We don't care. If they went, if he, if this is the Wild West, I guess. If he wants to call you a drug addict and, need, and he wanted to defame you, we don't care. And so I, t- because it didn't cost me that much as an attorney, I just took it all the way to the United States Supreme Court. So know this, listeners. If somebody in a judicial setting wants to call you out and completely lie about you, yeah. then they may get away with it. Yeah. Uh, depend, but it may not be in my situation. My situation, I met the person that that defamed me, and and he didn't stop there. This guy, uh, Mr. Zollner, mm-hmm. didn't stop there defaming me. He also <clears throat> defamed me to uh, Judge Robbins. He wrote her a letter outside of the court, you know, without making it disclosed to me that I was uh, a drug addict and I was terrible. So he was doing it all over the place to win his case. Ultimately, it didn't change the fact that in bankruptcy court, uh, we ultimately were able to prove that he lied, that he is a bad guy, that uh, that he, he was falsifying records and lying to the court. So um, so the bottom line is, uh, what kind of like with the Naboth uh, case, that in ultimately, justice will be done. But you should defend yourself. Right. I'm glad that I did. Right. I, I would have felt bad if I hadn't tried. But you have to weigh, do you have the cost and the energy? You know, it's it's really difficult being in a lawsuit. Okay. So what are our affirmative defenses for defamation? Um, well, we have limitations. We know one. What I was talking about was judicial, um, a, a, a ironclad judicial defense, uh, uh, affirmative defense in Texas for defamation is... Uh, judicial um, in a judicial setting, judicial proceeding. Mm-hmm. So you can say whatever you want about somebody, as bad as that sounds. I'm not advocating that. But if you say something bad about somebody, a court is supposed to be only in the court setting because you don't right. know if it's a lie or not. You're just, I mean, if you, if 
Point you're of, just giving your testimony yeah, or you're, whatever. You've sued somebody because they stole from you. Oh, I didn't steal from you. I won that case, and I, I was proven to be innocent. No, not by you know, reasonable doubt. And so you're given – we don't want people not to say the truth in a judicial setting. We want right. them to be open. We don't want them to be afraid. Afraid they're going to be and sued. And so there's a judicial – it was done wrong in my setting because mm-hmm. it was done specifically for the reason to injure me. But he still got away with it. Um, but in, a, in the true sense, the reason they have that, and you're going to talk about that a little bit, is that is a judicial privilege as what it's called. So what are some other privileges that allow you to defame somebody um, and, and basically get away with it? Well, statute of limitations. In other words, the time frame for you to sue me has not uh, has expired. Okay, and how long is that? Uh, you know, I don't know, but I do know that in Texas we've got a 90-day rule, and I know you know this too, we've got a 90-day rule is that as soon as the plaintiff learns or has reason to know that they've been defamed, mm-hmm. they have to contact the defendant mm-hmm. within 90 days mm-hmm. or the potential defendant within right. 90 days in order to give them the opportunity to, to retract m- it. Mitigate, right, to they, mitigate. They retract it to the same person or same people. And as bad as that sounds, because it really doesn't cure the injury, no. they've got to mitigate it. So and know that if you're defamed, you have 90 days to to go forward. Otherwise, the defamation The cause sticks. of action dies. I do know that defamation is one year. It's really quick. It's mm-hmm. one of the shortest ones. Mm-hmm. If somebody defames you and you find out about it two years later, you may be able to use the um, that rule where you're just learning about it. I forgot what it's, it's called. It's the tolling. Uh, um, it's the tolling rule where... Uh-huh. Um, where it tolls it until you, um, uh, it's a, it's. But basically, if you just found out about it, then you should, you can argue that because I just learned of the defamation, I now, do, it's like people they have a memory. I was raped by my dad, you know, or whatever, um, <laughs> which I wasn't. But that's what they scream. I was raped by somebody uh-huh. because they're mad at them, and so they they come up, you know, twenty years later and uh-huh. say, oh, I was like. There's a, no statute of limitations on that one. Yeah, because you're just now the memory is coming back. But, um, and they're not, it's not a murder and rape because that's, that's a criminal issue. But for defamation, it's kind of hard to say that I'm just becoming knowledge. So it's better if someone defames you that you immediately address the issue. You've got one year to do it. That means that you've got to file your suit uh, within 365 days of the time, the last time the defamation occurred. So if it's reoccurring, let's say they posted something on their Facebook mm-hmm. and they just posted it again yesterday, you've got a full year to, for that one defamation, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. But, um, and it's not when they're served, it's when you file the suit. So that's that's what, how it rolls. Okay, uh, and another one is plaintiff's fault. The defendant can assert that the plaintiff's own acts or omissions caused or contributed to the plaintiff's injury. If the, dependent, if the defendant pleads and proves the plaintiff's fault, the defendant is entitled to a jury submission on the issue of proportionate responsibility. And do you have That's an example with that? Usually they give you some like that. My first thought is the example would be if you're in a, a spitting match, let's say, mm-hmm. and um, uh, you you took the, the information that they told you, let's say it was a recording during a fight, and you published it. <laughs> it was told to one person, and now you've made it worse. You've, you've, you didn't mitigate it. You made it worse. You published it like, look what this person said about me, how horrible they are. Oh, right, right, I right. I think that's the, what they're saying, but I'm not sure. So yeah. what is the example? Uh, well, there is no example, but, yeah, I think that that's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know it if is true. Fault, yeah, yeah. You've got to if to if I heard cause... somebody say something about me, and I came to you, and I said, do you know what so-and-so yes. said about me? I'm the one spreading it, yes. you know? Yes. So if you hear someone or you become aware that someone has this said something. This happens in HOAs. There are so many 
many cases where in homeowners associations, somebody will be mad about something. You know how that goes. Uh-huh. And they spread the same thing on and on. And it's different if you're if they've written something and you're saying, look what they wrote about me. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. You're not, And you're the one spreading it. Yeah. But the thing is, is that if they said it and they won't take it back and you gave them the opportunity, then you... You're spreading it, but at the same time, you're saying, what do I do? You might mm-hmm, be. So mm-hmm. that's a that's a really slippery slope to it, go on. It but, sure um, is. But on the <laughs> other hand, um, if you have started it, and I'm thinking if someone said something to you like in a fight and then you spread it like you recorded it, you've, you're creating the problem to get to them, and that's not right. So right. that's why they've made that long. Right. And then another defense is truth. If it's true, yeah. well, you know, it used to be, that used to not be an element mm-hmm. of defamation, but now it is. That it's, is an absolute defense if it's true. And um, the problem, you're going to have to prove it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as attorneys, we say things all the time that are the truth, particularly in our pleadings. But, you, of course, we have a judicial uh, privilege, too. But if you say something that's true, uh, for an example, um, we I have a client that's in a lawsuit with a developer, and um, they have uh, lots of clients. You have some clients that have done this, too. They put a billboard up, mm-hmm. and they are I mad. They right. are furious, and they mm-hmm. want people to know that these people are bad because mm-hmm. of what they've done to them, and they'll put a billboard up. Well, the billboard's fine. I mean, it's kind of expensive. I don't know why you'd want to do that. I mean, you've got bigger, bigger fish to fry, but... Right. Um, if it's to help the public, the billboard's a really very important thing to do. It's a way to notify people in your community that something bad is going on and be watching out for this person. It's the best way to do it. But And the truth is a defense, and so go ahead and do it. But you got to be really careful because uh, you see that restaurants do this a lot where they'll post something um, on a sign out in front of their, their restaurant saying um, – Oh, I don't know. I think um, there was a restaurant way back in the day, Ruggles, that had posted something out in front of their um, their restaurant that said uh, they were talking bad about somebody, but it was true. Ruggles and, was? Like yeah, a Ruggles, patron or something? Yeah, yeah it was about, um, they were mad about their landlord or something. Gosh, I can't remember what it was, but they were like, these people are really bad. Don't, don't work with them, you know? And, but it was the truth and it was bad. I can't remember what it was now, but it was really bad. And it might've been about a competitor. It was something that, um, that I thought, I can't believe they can do that, but it was the truth. If it's the truth, you can say it and you can publicize it and you can put it on a billboard if it's the truth. And it may very well be helping somebody. So if you had a doctor, and I'm not saying that you want to do this, but mm-hmm. if a doctor didn't do, you know, let's say um, we did have a case like this, but they didn't publish a billboard where uh, this person's stomach was, um, it was malpractice. He snipped both um, uh, arteries or veins or whatever to the stomach and they killed their stomach and the person ultimately, uh, after a while, died. Um, if they wanted to put a billboard up that said, this doctor... Uh, did this to me, it would be the truth, and you'd be you'd be maybe doing somebody a favor because they may not know that this person was that you know uh, maybe an alcoholic and operating on you at the same time. But you'd have to know that first. Uh, another way to get around that is if you said, in my opinion, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit. But I think, and this is really important, why would you want to do that? And this is, of course, my opinion. Um, why would you want to go that far when you've got things you could be helping people? If somebody, it's like what Jesus said, you know, turn the other cheek. A lot of times, sometimes you want to look at, you know, kind of weigh what you're doing and what the result's going to be on your own life because we only have one to live. Do you want to fight with people all the time about yeah. bad things they say about you? Yeah. It may not be worth your while. So you really have to look at whether it's going to help other people saying this or what they did was that bad, or if uh, to really go forward with it, or to just sort of let it go because people are never going to believe it anyway, or they may already know. But what's another privilege? Consent. 
The yes. defendant can assert the defense of consent. Consent is a complete defense to, to a defamation action. Uh, for example, a contractor who voluntarily entered a bidding process for a construction job implicitly consented to the possibility of negative of a negative assessment by the bid committee. So he got a negative assessment. He was angry. He's saying you're defaming me, mm-hmm. but the that law says you consented. That happens a lot with doctors. Doctors go into. They have. Uh, I was reading a case where. Um, this heart surgeon, and it was all bad too. It was another defamation case. Um, he had a, a, he had a perfect, a pristine record, and he was working at one of the big, big hospitals uh, in the medical center. And then he went to go work for a different one. So they were mad, and so they um, they let part of only part of his peer review be published. But it was the part where they had said bad things about him because Aww. they were mad. Aww. And then it, I think ultimately the new place he worked didn't hire him or they let him go or something because of that. So he sued and he won a lot of money. Really? So he didn't sign anything. I mean, but he kind of consented because as a doctor, you're going to get a peer review. But he didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for them to be angry that he went to go work for a competitor because they were going to pay him better or whatever the case was that he did. Mm-hmm. And he won a ton of money. Good so him. consent is is another sort of slippery slope. You can consent, but you may not have consented to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another defense is libel proof. The defendant can assert the defendant can assert the defense that the plaintiff was libel proof. A plaintiff is libel proof when she has no reputation to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, we can think, we have to go all the way back, Jezebel, you know, we're th- going back to the Bible. Where, uh-huh. uh, and that, unfortunately, is a lot of what we do in criminal defense. Um, we, that's so true, We Tony. try to make them, if so, but the, the reason we're in criminal defense is we've got some gal that's falsely accusing somebody. Mm-hmm. All my, mm-hmm. my aggravated sexual assaults, my sexual faults that aren't dealing with children, they're adults, it's always some um, estranged wife or angry girlfriend who's been dumped or angry wife who's got a cheating husband mm-hmm. or angry girlfriend because he won't leave the, the wife for her. They, they assert uh, sexual assault. I didn't say they could do this, but they're... they're tramps. Uh, They're having sex with everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is their reputation. And so our job, it's a bad job. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, is to see what they told the police and go unravel it because it's basically if they lie once, they've lied a million times. And it's pretty easy to defend these cases. So guys, if you've been uh, uh, falsely accused or if it really did happen because it was consensual um, don't let this be the you know the end all you know if, if we can as criminal offense attorneys prove that the person is lying and it's not hard mm-hmm. because these people lie about everything yeah. because they try to bolster their story and this goes with all criminal offense if somebody's falsely accusing you of doing something robbery or whatever so true. you gave them something oh she robbed it look she's got it in her possession when you actually bought this you go prove the person that's making the accusation is a liar and it's not difficult so so uh, you want to make sure your attorney is subpoenaing the records, looking at everything they said. Where do they work? Uh, were they on drugs? You you look at what you re- you basically ruin the person that's saying it's yeah. reputation. But you're not doing it publicly. You're doing it to the the prosecution. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of confidential. It's kind of sad. It should be public. Mm-hmm. But um but yeah um if the person that's being defamed and we're gonna flip this back over if they uh, are uh, the person that's supposed to be injured if you're calling them a streetwalker, a, 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 a prostitute, mm-hmm. and they are a prostitute, well, 
it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've been, if they, and that's particularly reliable proof. the case if um, if you're calling them a prostitute and they're reformed and they're they're good and they're going to church and they're not doing it anymore, but they've got a a conviction for prostitution. There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. you're, it's going to stay with you for life. So don't be prostituting. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have different kinds of privileges: absolute privilege, executive privilege. Okay, what's the executive privilege? High-ranking state officials have an absolute privilege to publish defamatory material in the performance of their official duties. Okay, so the president so, can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Executive. You've got legislative privilege and absolute when, privilege. When you're before, and that, that is why a lot of what was going on with the accusations against Trump by Nancy Pelosi and who was the other guy that... Chuck Schumer. Schiff, Adam Schiff, Chuck Schumer. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, They were saying it during legislative settings, and so they can pretty much say whatever they want, and it's really bad because it's being publicized. And it's, if it's not true, then... Uh, poor President Trump or poor person that they've come out against. And yeah. the same thing happened with um, uh, Brett uh, Justice... Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Uh, they can say whatever they unbelievable. want. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And there's all, there, there doesn't have to meet the burden that you would have to prove in court. They just can say what they want, and it's really, really sad. But that's the legislative privilege. What other privileges can they have? A judicial privilege, that which was the one I, that, we talked about. That, and, and it's very broad. It's mm-hmm. not just in court under oath. This guy was writing to somebody about me, and I had nothing to do with the case, saying I was terrible and I was a drug addict and all these things, which I, I could prove was they were not true. I had to actually go get a drug test to prove I've never had any, you know, I hear nothing. I've never taken any drugs. I don't even take vitamins. Right. And um, I had to prove that, but it looked bad because here I am going to court proving that I'm not a drug addict. I know. Totally. And so it's expensive. But anyway, so yeah. That's another uh, uh, privilege is the judicial privilege. And then we have qualified privilege. Now, what are those? Those are important because they're not absolute. Yeah, yeah. Um, The defendant can assert the defense that the defamatory statement was protected by qualified privilege. Qualified privileges arise out of the occasion upon which the false statement is published um, this privilege is termed qualified or conditional because it can be lost if a person does not use it in a lawful manner or for a lawful purpose. That is, it is lost if the defendant acts with malice. Okay, so, right. so, so, so somebody's yeah. saying something nasty about you. Uh, let's just use the homeowners association example. Um, somebody says. That guy is a thief. He can't pay his mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's because he does drugs. And um, but he's mad because his next door neighbor stole his son stole his car. You know, and maybe he thinks it's uh, there. May be some qualified privilege in there uh, because in that situation he was a hothead and he didn't mean it. And he there there may be something in there where for that particular situation this is a terrible example. I know there's other ones um, for that particular situation. It there may have been it may have been opinion there may have been something to get around it but he was just in a moment of of anxiety that he didn't maybe he didn't mean it maybe he didn't know maybe there wasn't the it, but there wasn't malice it was just um, it was malice for the moment but that's a terrible example and I may not be right on that so well, well that it seems to me that if he didn't know and all of those things that you were saying are true but he had actual malice then that undoes the qualified privilege yes, yes right if he, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then we've got common law qualified privilege. We've got when the statement is made without actual malice. To be protected by common law qualified privilege, the statement must be made without actual malice. So like in your example, 
and the the guy that he's making the defamatory statements about didn't steal his son's car. He, he there was no malice. He just really thought the guy was on drugs. You know, one time he saw him and he was stuttering around or whatever. Yeah, or maybe was, it's another better example. You thought you saw somebody stealing somebody's car, so it wasn't actual malice. You're just reporting something that you saw, right? And it's defamatory. And I'll give um, one other example that just kind of came to mind about that, and that was um, when uh, oh gosh, I'm losing my mind because I just thought about that. Uh, all right, go. Let's go on to another one until I remember what um, I was going to say. A communicated. <laughs> if the statement was communicated, now we're talking about defenses. Still, if the statement was communicated to another person with corresponding interest to be protected by common law qualified privilege. The statement must be communicated to a person who has a corresponding interest or duty. For example, complaints made to the police department about police officers' behavior were communicated to an entity with corresponding interest in investigating behavior. The privilege is lost if the statement is communicated to a person who does not have an interest in the matter and the statement relates an interest right, right. in the matter. That was why my case should have gone forward because um, the statements were completely unrelated in any way to rent payment. They were just statements to defame me, you know, so that right. my reputation would go down so this thieves' reputation would go up, right? Um, but if it was related, I thought I saw, I, you know, I think, and and it happens in court cases a lot too, and that remind I remembered what I was going to say. It was, um, there was a case where a reporter, it happens a lot with r- reporting. Right. Um, a reporter had, had written about a suicide, and um she didn't name names, but I guess it eventually had come out. And so the person that the family of this person had sued, and they said, she said, hey, um, this was a matter of public concern. I thought, but it really, how is a suicide a matter of public concern? And we just had that case yesterday where they found the guy, the unfortunate guy that was in uh, right off of Ella near the Home Depot, off 610 in Houston, where they found this guy at 9 in the morning, and he hung himself. Oh, and um, and they didn't disclose his name, but they ruled it to be a suicide. And they don't disclose names during suicide because right. it's not, there's no public interest in somebody's mental health issues yeah. and something they're sad about. But if it was a homicide, you're going to hear all about that, like all the stuff going on with Brooks and with George, you know, Floyd and all that junk. So, um, but this reporter was exonerated under a qualified privilege because she said, "Hey." If I used his name, it was an innocent thing, and I was just make, doing the report. Mm-hmm. But she went under that. So Okay. Well, good. All right. Well, we're getting the signal that we're out of time. Well, do we have, how many minutes do we have left? Two yeah. minutes. Okay. I want to okay. say this real, real quick, and it's kind of important. Posting explicit images oh, online yeah. for revenge. This is good. Um, in this modern digital age, it is often common for romantic partners, particularly those in long-distance relationships, to exchange revealing photos of one another. These photos are often intended for the eyes of the receiver only, but how can you be sure? What happens if you break up or the other person turns out to be less discreet than you had hoped? Is it illegal for someone to share those photos with others? Unfortunately, in most states, the answer is no, it is not illegal. Um, indeed, posting explicit photos of someone is illegal in, um, is legal in every state but California and New Jersey. So you can do it in Texas. This has led to a small but growing industry of websites specialized in such unauthorized photographs and videos, often for the purposes of allowing an angry or jilted ex to humiliate their former partner for revenge. Often the content is even tied to the person's full name, 
social media pages, home address, phone number, and other personal information. I forgot what that's called when they, they ouch you that way. Um, some of these sites even run a form of legal extortion by which one can buy reputation protection services to pay them not to put on there. It's really, really bad. We want to go over there from the next show. But um, be careful about photos because it's a form of defamation. And if you send a picture of yourself skinnily clad or mm-hmm. if you pay someone to do it for your lover or whatever, and, and they get it and then they get mad later, the photographer gets mad later, mm-hmm. and you've given them some rights to it, right. they can post those. And it's really difficult to undo that. Unless, of course, you've got a gorgeous body and you don't mind. <laughs> If you're 80 and you look really hot, and they're, it's okay. If you're Suzanne <laughs> Summers, right? Yeah. Man, she looks good. Okay, guys, we are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. You can listen to us on 104.5 or 106.1 FM. And uh, you can watch us live on Facebook, too. Uh, we're available to download the podcast tomorrow on Google Play and iTunes. And we thank you for listening, and we want to remind you to serve God by serving others. Have a great week. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.